everybody, and welcome to SRM, a Game of Thrones podcast. This is our second thoughts episode. I am not Mike Marbach. I'm David Danella. Mike Marbach is here. I'm here. He's just, and I, uh, this is not a joke. He is too cold to host. We are in the basement of the Philly Improv Theater, where we work, <laughs> and uh, he is too cold to run the book. Run the board. Yeah. So here I am running the board. Uh, so I already introduced Mike. Uh, with us also, panelist, friend, contributor, Hunter Steffes. Thank you for having me. How you doing, Hunter? Resident Maester. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, so the first thing we want to do is uh, we just want to ask you, Hunter, because you weren't on the show uh, on Sunday how did it make you feel? Uh, so I'm someone who, if I don't watch the show live and I didn't, will read recaps of the show. <laughs> so I had some of the sting taken out of it. Like I wasn't surprised by the end, mm-hmm. but I was very affected by the end. It was a it was a very well done, well done moment. Cool. Um, and I think that speaks to how well done the thing is. Because even if like it wasn't surprising, it was still very good. Yes. Uh, so, uh, first thing we want to do is just do a little social media check-in. Sound like a plan? Great. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first of all, we got a couple emails. Um, one from our, our friend, our buddy on the road, our touring drummer. Uh, he took some time off from uh, laying with groupies to write us an email. <laughs> uh, he has a theory about Melisandre. Uh, this was not a Melisandre-heavy episode, although it was a, uh, a Red Priestess-heavy yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, he believes that Melisandre has to die. And he says, theory one, she is killed by Brienne in revenge for Renly. Theory two, she is killed by Davos in revenge for Shireen. He says, hopefully involving onions. <laughs> theory three, she ends up killing herself to save Jon Snow because every life demands a death. Theory four, she somehow plays into the High Sparrow plot, a la the religious crusades of the Middle Ages. Theory 5 SRM podcast has a better theory. <laughs> uh, can we go through them point by point? Sure. So moment? first point, she's killed by Re- Brienne in Revenge for Renly. I think this is now not likely. Yes. Uh, Brienne yeah. is headed to the Riverlands, uh, and while she's there, she's going to kill Walder Frey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, just on that point... She seemed to be a little too okay with with this. She went after Stannis hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here she has Melisandre, who birthed Shadow Baby. Right. Uh, and she just kind of says, like, hey, Sansa, you know, that's the one that killed... Uh, you're going to be riding off with uh, Shadow Baby Mama? Uh, mm-hmm. And she just kind of dealt with that. She kind of let... I think she let Melisandre off a little too easy. I think maybe... We're supposed to imply that uh, killing Stannis didn't give her the kind of uh, resolution that she thought it might. Sure. And it's sort of like, if that didn't help, at this point, killing Melisandre wouldn't make her feel much better either. Yeah. That's a... I can get behind that. I like that read. It's a shame that it that's not a little bit more to the forefront because it'd yeah. be nice to have a couple characters that are like, hey, you know, I tried the revenge thing and it wasn't as great as I thought it would be. Yeah. 
Um, I, I guess Arya's going to get there. Second point? Second point. She is killed by Davos in revenge for Shireen. Uh, they are riding off together right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's likely because Davos is another one that seems to have uh, kind of let this, at least right now, as it seems, kind of just l- is allowing it to be. It doesn't feel like a Davos play to me either. Like, to kill, right. Yeah. He'd more like just leave her somewhere than... <laughs> yeah. He drives her out to the middle of the desert <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. and leaves her a bottle of water. Yeah, he says, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go get a pack of smokes <laughs> and some now and laters. I'll see you later, kid. Um, and leaves her a couple of batteries uh, for her necklace. <laughs> I, I think there is a little bit of plot convenience going on also where it's like Davos has not pressed further about why Shireen yeah. did not make it. It's like, well, she's a she's a little girl. She wasn't fighting in the <laughs> she wasn't fighting at the front. I mean, Ramsay is capable of anything, but she wouldn't have been at the camps. Mm-hmm. So theory three is that she ends up killing herself to save Jon Snow. I mean, I think if this was going to happen, it would have happened. Right? Yeah, would have happened in the resurrection process. Yeah, I think so. Um, I could see it happening down the line, though. It's sort of like if Jon's there, uh. Like, John's in peril and she's there sure. mm-hmm. as sort of a, like, oh, I didn't help Stannis. And what's the point of bringing this guy back if I'm just going to let him die, too? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, High Sparrow plot is theory four. She somehow plays into the High Sparrow plot? That, I guess, the High Sparrow, um, they, that they go on a religious crusade. They call out all heathen religions. And uh, the Fire Lord is one of those religions, and she gets burned at the stake or drowned or something like that. Mr. Uh, Hunter, could I ask you, what religion are the High Sparrows? Uh, Who, what god do they serve? The Seven. The Seven, the seven right? Yeah. Uh, what about the... Where, how does that factor into the Lord of Light? Relore? Different thing. They're different. Different. Uh, when the Starks talk about the old gods, who are they referring to? Uh... The old gods are, like, related to the heart trees and kind of the children of the forest and all okay. that. So, another different thing. Yeah. And the uh, the many-faced god, also different? Yes. Jesus. Well, I believe the many-faced god is a monotheistic look at the stranger of the seven gods? Um, maybe? He's like the, the murder god for murderers. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um... He's the many-faced god, uh, to my reading of it, and this could be totally wrong, is kind of just a faceless man, like this is how they justify the things that they do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like it seems very localized to the faceless men okay. in the way that the storm god is just for the ironborn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just curious uh, how they all kind of factored into each other. Uh, I don't think that... Um, She's going to factor into the the High Sparrow plot. Uh, I think of any of those options, one, I don't have a better theory. Um, <laughs> maybe you guys do. Um, of any of those, I think that it could be a po- it could be possible that she ends up sacrificing herself to uh, for to some end uh, to benefit the John's fight. Yeah, that's that's where I would bet too if I had to bet from those options. Yeah, I. Uh... I don't know. It, it's something that's 
very much not on my mind right now. So, right. like, I don't have a better theory. I was thinking about I was this. sure that the answer was going to be we have a better theory, but I don't. <laughs> I was thinking about this uh, as I was rewatching Sunday's episode yesterday. It seems like a year ago we were so concerned with Jon Snow and whether he was going to live or, or die. Uh, and that, that big mystery. I mean, technically it was a year ago, um, but it's how fast this season has moved and how fast it's, uh, kind of just been, okay, we're moving, we're moving ahead. Like that was, it, it just seemed like such a simpler time just worrying <laughs> about whether Jon Snow was going to live or die yeah. and what he was going to do when he, uh, ultimately did come back to life. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that was kind of ridiculous how fast Things are moving this season. Yeah, totally. It's a side thought, as all. Well. No, it's a great side thought. <laughs> um, so, uh, Percussionator, hope that helps. Uh, <laughs> hope that check-in was uh, worth it. Um, I actually now actually want to... I want to... Um, <clears throat> so, we asked Hunter about his first thoughts. Mike, second thoughts. You said you rewatched the episode. I did. Uh, second thoughts is... Still, way too long for that King's Landing play. Yeah. Uh, for that season one read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, still way too long. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, this was directed by, uh, one of the guys that directed Lost. Uh, one of the guys that directed some of the, some of the best episodes of, of Lost. And I think having known that after the fact, I can kind of see that. Uh, and it's also one that kind of dealt with, in a way, not in a way. It kind of dealt with time travel, mm-hmm. uh, which again is another lost kind of uh, element. Uh, I just thought it was a very well directed episode outside of that King's Landing play, which ultimately, sir, I think they could have just cut down on that. I mm-hmm. think it was, um, although the production value of uh, Bra- Bravosi uh, <laughs> Arts is up there, they are definitely patrons uh, <laughs> and supporters of, of live theater. Yeah. <laughs> It's good to know. The way the intestines were all spilling out and everything. And the uh, oh. all the, the many fart sounds. Yeah, the great fart sound effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Several fart sounds this season. So the the second thoughts are that it was uh, it was a great episode. Uh, I don't have anything. We'll, we'll talk about more stuff as we go uh, point to point. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I just now want to bring up, uh, for my own second thoughts, I want to bring up an article that I read. Uh, it's on the website io9 by Rob Bricken, um, and it's called HBO's Game of Thrones just outmurdered George R. R. Martin. Uh, and the part that I, I'm not, I'm not going to read the entire article or even a, um, <laughs> or even a segment of the article, but there is one thing that, um, that is interesting that they, uh, that they talk about near the end is that, uh, it is very likely. Actually, I will. I will read from the article. Um, how it doesn't seem like this scene. So now I begin the quote. It doesn't seem like this scene will be happening in the books. There, Old Nan specifically tells Bran that Willis was kicked in the head by a horse as a child, rendering him unable to say anything but Hodor. It seems like a horrible, normal thing that happens to people in Game of Thrones, and there's nothing to indicate. That old man is lying. In fact, her tall tales seem to be full of truths that the rest of the world has forgotten. Based on the evidence of the books, it seems very unlikely that Martin has or had this fate in store for Hodor. 
This means this is the first time that Game of Thrones has pulled off a Red Wedding level moment that wasn't in the books first. Yes, it was different, but to me, the realization of Hodor's name and his heroic stand was just as emotionally powerful, again, as the Red Wedding. That Game of Thrones could take its most innocent character and not only kill him off, but kill him off in a way that felt right crushed me. It was tragic, certainly, but it was also heroic. It wasn't infuriating like many deaths of Game of Thrones are, but it was still heartbreaking. It was awful and wonderful and shocking and perfect. If I'm wrong and George R.R. R. Martin planned this, then all credit to him. But as talented a writer as George R.R. R. Martin is, I have my doubts that reading this scene would have touched me as deeply as what I watched last night. Um, so, first of all, this kind of touches on uh, something that Caitlin and I were talking about in the earlier pod, or in uh, on Sunday's podcast, which is that which is, could George R. R. Martin have pulled this off in the books? Which we don't see eye to eye on, totally. Um, but it also brings up an interesting question, which is, is this just is this just show magic, or was this part of George R. R. Martin's plan all along? It's, I think it's the It's plan. confirmed from him. From George R. R. Martin? Yeah. Oh, okay. It, like, they talked about it on the, which like, is, inside the episode thing. Which is oh, really? so easy to say for him. Like, uh, yeah, it's true. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's in there. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. But it, like, came out of the hotel room meeting that he had with them. Right. Where he, like, lined the plot out. But, okay. yeah. <laughs> He's just in that meeting, spinning his wheels, like, oh, what can I tell them that sounds good? What do you guys oh, think happens? <laughs> Hold door. Yeah. yeah. Hold door. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, also uh, a couple interesting things that I found on the internet. One is that, uh, it was, uh, it was very interesting. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to quote this one either, but it was interesting, uh, the show in other languages, like the dubbing, like what they do, <laughs> uh, for these, this character who's been saying nothing but Hodor, yeah. uh, who they now have to, uh, weave this into the plot <laughs> of the thing that. They're t- turning Hodor into something in whatever language the show is in oh, to mean uh, hold the door. Um, so that's who tough. knows? Who knows? So that's some a fun little thing to think about. Uh, and if anybody has any thoughts about that, please check in. Um, and then just the other thing was uh, that apparently, I mean, this and this happens with everything on the internet. Somebody guessed that this would happen three years ago. Um, in multiple places. One person I, I found on a forum said, uh, seems very likely that, uh, Hodor, uh, <laughs> is just in a, it, they literally said like in a feedback loop where he just keeps saying, hold the door and it just keeps going. And then, um, somebody at a convention, uh, maybe not even a convention, might've been an interview, but it was on tape. I uh, was talking to George R. R. Martin and said, you know, George, I know you're obsessed with elevators. And uh, every time I read Hodor's character, I can't help but think that it is uh, that it's just a little wink to somebody saying "hold the door." Hmm. Uh, to which George R. R. Martin said, "That's very good." Uh, uh, and then just yeah. Said, yeah, that's uh, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. As he grabs a pen and writes it down. Yeah. So, um, so that that's that's some nice little Hodor facts for uh, all you uh, all you. Fact heads out there. <laughs> hold the hashtag hold the door was trending like hundreds of thousands of tweets on on that. Oh yeah. Uh, the the best is um the people that are now on Facebook making the jokes that were made on Twitter like 
10 minutes after <laughs> right. the show ended. <laughs> uh, like, I feel like I'm like watching like my cousins be like, somebody, I was at walking to Starbucks and I held the door for a woman, woman and started crying. And it's like, shut up. Yeah. You shut your mouth. And no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And none of that happens. You don't drink Starbucks. You've never spoken to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, um, and then my only other second thought was just that um, a lot of that episode was boring, actually. The Sansa stuff was great, and the Hodor stuff was cool, but that King's Landing bit in the middle, uh, or not the King's Landing, the, uh, the the Bravo stuff, was like kind of a drag on uh, the episode. We, uh, as was the Marine stuff, I thought. Since we're talking about Bravos, um, just as far as like, Going in into it a little bit, if we could, uh, yeah, all too long. We spent yeah. late, too long in Bravos, uh, too long in that in that uh, replay of season one, yeah. um, uh, and uh, we like. I remember with that montage, we were so happy we got a montage. We're just cutting right to Arya being good uh, at doing things, and now it's like, yeah, we get that it's it's a little harder, but we. I don't necessarily want to just watch her get her ass kicked for, for yeah. weeks at a time. I'm so tired of watching Arya get hit with a stick over and over and yeah. over again. And by the way, her nose would would just be a pudding cup at this point. <laughs> just a uh, solid liquid at the same yeah. time. <laughs> her nose would be like, you know those toys that we used to get from like the boardwalk when we were kids? They're like, they look like big slugs and like you just keep like... <laughs> Make like, fart sounds? No, no, no. They just like keep sliding in your hand. You know what? They're like a bag full... You know what I'm talking about? There's like, like a bag full of like sparkly water. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're Anybody talking. knows what the names of those things are. Slippery bag. <laughs> She got slippery bag nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things that was introduced in this episode, which depending on how it's used, could be hugely problematic. Uh, or it could just be one of those things where they're like, this happened once and we will never talk about it again. Um, is that there's like a little, there's a touch of time travel going on now. There's things from the future or from the present affected things in the past. Right? Yeah. Um, so my question is, uh, now that we've had a couple of days to think about it, does anybody have any um, thoughts or opinions about how this new information might affect the plot going forward? Uh, well, with great power comes great responsibility, as we've, uh, as, as we've seen. Uh, Bran can, yeah, Bran can, he got some skills. Um, I don't think that they can use this too often. I think it can get very, it is very confusing. Um, I mean, I think that with the, the Hodor thing and the Hodor, the past Hodor and the future Hodor, uh, kind of thing, um, I mean, we can, this could be a podcast on its own. This right. could be a whole episode on its own. Yeah. Because I'm of the opinion that it's not, him kind of going back in time to to do this, that those events are happening simultaneously, uh, and it need it it happens that way. It happened that way, and that that ties into um, what do you could you could you elaborate on what you mean by it happened? They happened simultaneously. Uh, it it happened. <laughs> I guess I can't. No, <laughs> <laughs> is what you're trying to say like. Uh... 
So that Hodor thing happened regard like it would have happened regardless even if Bran wasn't there and yeah. he just coincidentally was watching that scene at the same time that yes the present Hodor was getting ripped apart by yeah. skeleton guys there's there's not necessarily time travel that the, all of this I mean there is but there isn't all of this is happening as it would have happened and I think part of what the way the the three-eyed raven uh and we I chatted about this with you I think Three-Eyed Raven is just future Bran, uh, future past Bran. Um, and he's kind of, his job is just making sure that things happen the way that he remembers them happening. And it's just this endless loop. Does that make sense? Um, kind of. So this is like a Marty McFly situation. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, because look at what the the, the Three-Eyed Raven has done so far. He Nothing. hasn't questioned... Well, yes. <laughs> he hasn't questioned anything. Like, as soon as uh, he came out of... As soon as Bran came out, he touched you. Uh, well, yeah, no, he did. He touched you. I know he did. Um, and now it's time for you to become me. That's another thing. Um, neither of them... Neither of them can walk. Um, uh, he seems to be just pointing, giving Bran just to, just enough uh, and pointing him in the right direction, letting him know that things are supposed to be happening the way that they are. I guess we'll wait and see. Like, I, yeah. I it, it's it's an interesting theory for sure. I, yes. I, I, I mean, I'm, I would feel more comfortable commenting on it if I felt like I had any bead on what the purpose of the Three-Eyed Raven was other than to, like, teach Bran how to look back into the past. Right. Uh, any thoughts on the time travel aspect? It's to your initial framing of this. There's no way they ignore it. Like right. they've let it out. It has to happen. Um, there are already like a bunch of internet things. Uh, if we want to get into those at all, like the, what? the big internet theory is that uh, Bran causes uh, Mad King Eris yeah, to go I did, mad. I did hear that. Yeah. Uh, or that he's like the whisper in Varys's fire or whatever. Like yeah, that was is. the one that immediately came to my mind. Yeah. He's doing all of these like whispers or voices. Like, I don't know. He's the one like pushing unseen forces into acting the way they are. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that's like, we're going to start seeing more of that soon. It's hard to like, I don't know, time travel is such a tricky thing, and it's so easy to, like, totally derail your plot once you've introduced it. That's my fear, and that's why I would love for this to just be some small thing that happened because Hodor was on, was about to die. Yeah. Um, and, and just have it, and it was just the confluence of the Night King plus the Three-Eyed Raven plus Bran all in the same place. A little streak, a little overworked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now he's like, okay, lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> Got and, it. Well, maybe like to directly affect the past like that, Bran has to be in contact with the present version of, of someone. Person, yeah. Like Paradox. Like he has to be able to warg and green sea at the same time to actually like link things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, as far as the, the Mad King thing goes, uh, that's if, if we're going to hoderize a whole bunch of people. Right. Um, but as far as the Mad, Mad King thing goes, uh, we saw him talk to Ned, uh, maybe. 
three out of eight was like, did you? You know, <laughs> uh, did you? No. Or just, was it the wind? Just the wind. Uh, it was a cat in a trash can. <laughs> um, and uh, so I could see him possibly being the cause of that, trying to let him know this or that. Yeah. Um, what would he be saying? To the Mad King? Yeah. Uh, Don't do this or that? So, I mean, there's a theory, right, that, you know, the Mad King keeps just saying, burn them all, burn them all. Um, that might be Bran trying to talk the Mad King into uh, destroying, uh, you know, I don't doing so, something. going Like with White, White Walkers, Walker. with Dragon, with yeah. uh, Wildfire, Dragonfire, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially if you think about something like, for instance... Uh, well, this actually kind of ties into my next thing, uh, which is, here's another question. Uh, so the brand has, brand has been marked by the Knights King now. Branded. Branded by the Knights <laughs> King. Thank you. Uh, blanded, right? <laughs> um, is Bran going to be the key to the Knights King breaching the wall? Uh, yeah, I think so. Makes uh, sense. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a, I'd feel confident saying yes. To me, the bigger question uh, is, I mean, he's headed south, right? Brand? He's, yeah, he's got to be headed south. Well, he could go to Santa's village and <laughs> hide out there. Yeah. Well, the, which is also protected by magical, um, <laughs> uh, by, by magic. That's right. Uh, uh-huh. So hopefully, uh, I don't know who's ma- power... Who has more power, but hopefully Santa. We can hold as Santa on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think that the 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 branding, uh, the the little low jack that he just put on on Bran is uh, also an all access pass to wherever Bran might be. Not necessarily a direct connection to him as far as seeing and getting into his mind, a la Voldemort uh, kind of stuff. Um, but at least knowing and accessing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's almost definitely the key, especially since the show is uh, not into magic horns in the same way that George R. R. Martin is. <laughs> yeah. There's like three <laughs> magical horns in the book and none There's, of them are in I, the I remember the, the Horn of Winter or Jor... Jor yeah. What yeah. was it? Horn of Joramund yeah. or whatever. Uh, yeah. Which... The, the legend was that if you blow it, the wall collapses. Yeah. Yep. And then there's the horn that Euron Greyjoy has that will tame Daenerys' dragons. I feel like there's another I, there's horn. There's got to be another one. I think there is. I swear to God, there was a horn going around in Slaver's Bay about something. Yeah. There was the horn that amplified the fart sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was that one. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. The fart horn. <laughs> Uh, so where, uh, where's Bran going? I think at this point, just away. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just yeah. wherever Mira drags. I, I don't understand how they're going to get away. Uh, there was mist. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> there was mist. Um, also, uh, Hodor could have held the door for a good while. I uh, also him, we saw how hard that door was to open Without Hodor standing in front of it. Yeah. Uh, so hard to open door plus Hodor may possibly dead in front of it. Um, likely dead in front of it. And hopefully he doesn't come back as a white Jesus. Um, oh no. Uh, uh, we believe in black Jesus here. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I think that they can get somewhere. One of my thoughts was uh, Tamira's. Greywater. Is that what it was? Greywater Watch? The Reeds? Oh, uh, that's... Uh, no, it's the... People keep talking about it. It's the choke point. Uh, the bog? Yeah. Like, Baelish brought it up in the show. What oh, God. It's got uh, some name. Some, they talk about Mo Kalen. Mo, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I'm saying, uh, Mira's Mira Reed. Yeah, uh, she is. She's a Reed. Yeah, with and Howland's still out there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So her going home. Yeah, uh, isn't it called Greywater Watch? Oh, maybe it, maybe I got Mo maybe Kalen, I get Mo Kalen Mo, and Greywater yes. Watch. Mo, Mo Kalen is where uh, was that pit stop that they made yes. on the way to Winterfell? Yeah. Yeah, well, Mo Kalen is like the choke point between the north and uh, the rest of Westeros. Okay. It's like, uh, I thought the deal is, and again... Greywater I, Watch. It is Greywater yeah. Watch? Okay. Nice. Uh, oof, I know. Falling <laughs> apart, I haven't read the books in, or the wiki in <laughs> too yeah. long. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I think that Going makes a lot of sense. Frog people. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the... I remember, it might be... I can't remember if it came... I think it was Rob that brought it up on a podcast, or maybe uh, Andrew a while back. But I remember hearing Greywater Watch moves around. It, it's like a floating floating town. It's at least like the legend of it. Castle. So like the the Kranigmen are like... Uh, they're northerners, but they're weird northerners because they live in like a weird bog. And they fight differently than everybody. And David thought they were literal frog I people. I literally <laughs> thought they were frog people. Because all the, the stories that they talk about them make them sound like they're frog people. They call them frog men sometimes. Uh, it's like you were surprised during the Tower of Joy that how I Green really, was I really, frog. I really, I <laughs> really, I'll like, tell you exactly what I was like picturing. Super Mario 3? Uh, no, I was picturing, no, I was picturing like a uh, frog from Chrono Trigger. <laughs> If you've ever played that Super Nintendo like, game, maybe Slippy. Yeah, I was from, <laughs> from Star, Star Fox. Fox or one of the Battletoads. <laughs> I was just picturing a bunch of them in medieval armor, and I'm not like I'm not trying to be funny right now. That was genuinely what I thought we were going to be seeing. Um, another thought is that we we know that John uh, and his his posse are headed around to the different houses of the North. Uh, so maybe they end up also uh, crossing paths with with Bran, yeah. which I think is not out of the question, uh, given the the rate which with this season has moved. Right. Uh, also, also, let's not forget that Bran saw John. Bran saw John. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah. he thinks that John's at the wall. Right. Probably. Um. I I like the idea of them going to Greywater Watch because um, again, like there were two people that survived the Tower of Joy. Howland Reed and Ned Stark. Ned Stark is dead. So there's one person left on this earth who saw everything that happened at the Tower of Joy. That was Howland Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, again, George R. R. Martin has said that Howland Reed will show up in the books when the time comes for him to show up. He has also said that the story of Robert's Rebellion is the story of Game of Thrones. And if that is the case, then whatever is in that tower means something. Okay, well then let's uh, lock it in. <laughs> the, that Bran and uh, Mira are headed to Greywater Watch and maybe the way that we learn the truth about the Tower of Joy isn't through a Bran vision but just a conversation yeah I think it'll probably be both 
Okay. But I like it. I like it. In a vision. Locks. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Any 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 other points that I want to? I hear. Okay, so I guess this is this is my true or false. These these first two questions were supposed to be true or falses that I just turned into open discussion points. Here's a true or false. Thank you. Uh, true or false? Uh, the three eyed raven was a colossal waste of time. False. I think colossal makes it false. Okay. <laughs> Colo- okay. What it just would would waste of time make it a push? I would I'd still take, say false. I would take minor waste of time. Okay. <laughs> I, I think uh can I turn this a little bit? Sure. Uh true or false? Uh the three eyed raven was a shitty teacher. Oh true. Oh true. <laughs> so true. Very true. <laughs> Which to me, is, to, to my point earlier, not a shitty teacher. Um, he gave him just as much as he needed to make sure that this shit keeps happening. Hmm. That, that it happened as he wanted it to happen. Yeah, but if, for instance, that your lock isn't true, then it's a shitty Then he's teacher. a shitty teacher. Um, but I will say this, right? Is Mr. Miyagi a shitty teacher? Because for the first couple weeks, all he had Daniel doing was chores, and he told he gave him no indication that they had a practical application. So if if Mr. Miyagi had done his first couple weeks of karate training with Daniel, meanwhile Daniel's getting his 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 nose pushed in by a bunch of Cobra Kai every day, and then some gangsters show up at Mr. Miyagi's place and kill Mr. Miyagi, <laughs> we'd be like, Mr. Miyagi, you were a shitty teacher. Uh, well, I mean. For that, the Three-Eyed Raven is basically telling him, wash this car for three weeks, and then when trouble comes, he hands him keys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't teach me how to drive. You just taught me how to wash the thing. It'll look great, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Cool. So uh, moving forward, I just want to give a little bit of deference to the other storylines that are happening right now, which is to say... Does the Iron Island storyline suck right now? Is it true, true or false? false? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Iron Island storyline sucks right now. True. Oh, I, true. I, I I know this is typical typical Mike, but I think it's somewhere in between. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Well, that's I mean that's the real answer. False. <laughs> yeah. False. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I I just uh, you know like. You know, Rob keeps going on like, oh, the King's Moot's going to be great. This is going to be great. Um, I mean, I read the books too. And there is, there is, like, the Iron Islands, I think, could be cool. Um, so but it's Dorn. not. Yeah, Dorne could be cool too. I think the Iron Islands, uh, Iron Islands isn't, uh, <laughs> isn't well served by the streamlining that the show is forced to do. That's what I was going to say. Uh, like, the additional characters that have to be excised are the ones that, like, color the show so like uh the priest really colors what's happening in the iron islands uh victorian Greyjoy, the Greyjoy that doesn't exist on the show really colors uh the dynamics between euron and the rest of the Greyjoys in a way that like they just can't do on the can't show do. and i think the, uh, to speak on that also um so we're missing that, and then we're also missing the thing that kind of has to happen with streamlining, which is, why is this important? Why does right. this tie into the rest of the thing? And I assume it will because they're doing it, 
But just watching a bunch of Ironborn be like, I'm going to find Daenerys Targaryen and have sex with her because she likes prop. guys. She likes yeah. guys with, you know, whatever. So the, I think some of the... I'll be a real book complainer in a way that I don't like to be usually. Uh, I think <laughs> some of the, the streamlining they've done on Euron specifically has really hurt it. Like, Euron in the books is like a tall, good-looking, long black hair, blue lips, eye patch, exotic-looking, magical pirate. Essentially, there's steam coming off of Hunter right now. I'm so mad. <laughs> he's about to turn into a super saiyan. <laughs> he's got a he's got a fancy ship, and he used to have a dragon egg. Uh, like, there's just a lot about him that's been turned into essentially. He's like a mega version of Dario. what we already know out of the Ironborn on the show. When in the books, he's like a mega version of Dario. Yeah. And when he says, "I'm gonna marry Daenerys," in the books, it's like, "Oh, this is the exact kind of guy that she's into," but richer and with a million boats yeah you know yeah um yeah and uh yeah that's a i mean i think that's a, a good a really nice point yeah euron is not euron is shrouded in mystery in the books yeah and on the show maybe he has mysterious things about him but they're not doing a good job shrouding him in it and he's kind of just come out and Said a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, like, yeah, killed him. That's what I did. Yeah, like, and, that, and and again, like, again, like we Hunter and I hate being these guys, but like in the books, he's never like, yeah, I killed him. It's yeah. heavily implied. Yeah. It's a lot more smoke and mirrors. I have all this treasure. I've been everywhere. Uh, like, I'm fancy and fucking cool, and none of you are. My one brother is a scared priest. My other brother is the grumpiest guy you've ever seen. And she's a girl. Why would you pick anyone but me? Yeah. You know? Do, um, we, uh, do we agree that Theon and Yara are headed to Marine, Or have they got somewhere no. else to go? Or are they just, you know, anywhere the wind takes them right now? I'd be more inclined anywhere the wind takes them than Marine. Uh, but Marine is, like, the likeliest... Like, solid course. Like, if they have a specific place to go, Marine makes the most sense just to get ahead of uh, Euron I, instead. Yeah, I, I, I think it's much more likely that they're going to go do some pirate shit themselves and then try to do pirate shit to Euron. Yeah, maybe. What about the idea of them... This is someone else mentioning this to me. Uh, of them headed to Bravos. Borvos? Get a Get a good rest in. To do what? Get cell swords or? I don't really know. I don't know. Uh, Theon would... could be a get some training, be a faceless man. He's already a cockless man. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But the show has the show is created, not created. That's not true. The show really has fun with the amount of men with no penis on the like in this setting, <laughs> like way more than it should. Like it's so enamored with. Oh, you ain't got no dick jokes. Yeah. That's really grating. <laughs> really tired of them. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah. All right. So I think we talked about the stuff. We, we spent a fair amount of time on the wall. Uh, I do have a, a, a thing or two additional to the wall. Um, if I, if I, if I may, if I may, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, it was brought up that Brienne is headed to the Riverlands. 
Um, as I've said, I'm still of the opinion that she's going to be the one to take out Walter Frey. Um, but there is still that possibility out there that, that rumor that the hound is alive. So my, I guess this, it's not a new segment, but how cool would it be? Uh, new segment. How cool would it be if, uh, Brienne is the one to come across the hound and they somehow are okay. In terms of uh, characters to intersect with that plot, I think she does make the most sense right now. Yeah. So uh, it would be cool. And yeah. it seems likely, or at least very possible. Okay. Um, is it easier than I thought it might be? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it, yeah, it checks out with me too. I don't know. Yeah. And they, they, they are like, they're no longer at each other's throats, but kind of are a little bit in it together. Oh, and then, a, and then a love triangle between Tormund, Ooh. Brienne, and the Hound. <laughs> um, what do you think the likelihood is that they kind of buddy up a little bit? And he kind so, of... So, I mean, now we're... now we're Again, you, this is you, Mike. This is These are your predictions. Is you say something, and then... So we got, we got something that has, like, maybe a 30 to 40% chance, and then you add on to that another thing. That's like... Okay, so we have to take the 30-40% chance <laughs> right. and then factor in the 55% chance that this happens. All right. So it's we're, 15%. We're taking it back. We're also pushing into book territory a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Or at least implied, uh, like, left off, next step kind of territory. Yeah. Like, not in the fifth book, but probably in the sixth book kind of stuff. Like, uh, storyline seems to be going a certain way. Okay. Yeah. Vis-a-vis the hound. Okay. So no comment. That's how we'll answer. <laughs> All right. Um, you said you had one more thing to talk about. The well, I, I was just going to say chop off that, that one lock. Chop off the chop off the lock. We'll just say that okay. Brienne is the one that stumbles across the hound. But I would like to see them buddy up. Um, just a little soft lock. Um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, do you think that Brendan Blackfish is alive and do you think that he has actually taken over River Run because the last we saw uh, Walder Frey had complete control of the Riverlands I doubt that he's alive coming from uh, Baelish I don't I just don't know how feels. much to trust like his thing, and that feels very much like a uh, a sneaky gambit on his part, more than a fact offered in uh, being contrite. Yeah, a conciliatory yeah. fact. Uh, yeah, it feels like very much like, hey, uh, Ben Stark showed up and he's outside. Yeah, more than uh, anything else. Cool. So um, we're gonna kind of we're gonna. Um, compact the end of the show a little bit. So rather than say, where do we go from here and breakout star for episode four, um, your breakout star from episode four, we're going to talk about that's good. That has to relate to where you think the show's going. So, uh, who do you think is going to be the big, uh, the heavy hitter in, uh, in episode six, which is coming up next week. Oh, who's going to be the, the big character. Yeah. Can I use, the previews? Of course. Oh, uh... Randall Tarley. Yeah. I think next week's gonna be Randall Tarley heavy, and I'm yeah. excited for it. Tarley time, yeah. I don't... 
Uh, I know I watched the preview, but I don't remember if she is in it or not. Um, but I'm going to say Brienne. Brienne, wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to, again, I think just... Uh, Doing a little, uh, doing a little process of elimination and just a sin of omission. I'm uh, not sin of omission, but who was who wasn't in this episode? My breakout star for this one is going to be what a Cersei. Stall. I was going to say what a star. <laughs> no, I was just trying to. I was doing a coin flip in my head between Cersei and Jamie, and I landed on Cersei. Okay, I think it's going to be a Cersei episode. Uh, great. So, does anybody have any uh, any last thoughts? Anything they want to get off their chest? I don't think so. Uh, no. Cool. So, um, <laughs> you can uh, hit us up at SRM Podcast. That's our Twitter handle. You can also email us SRM Podcast at gmail.com. My personal Twitter is Philly D Way. That's Philly D E E Way. And I am at Mike Marbach, M I K E M A R B A C H. At Hunter Steffes, H U N T E R S T E F F E S. That's all for us. Uh, have a nice day. We'll be back on Monday. Bye. Bye.